no matter what business you're in. Digital transformation never stops. Verizon keeps business ready for what's next. We weave security into their business. Virtualize their operations. And can even build AI into their customer experiences. We also keep them ready for the next big opportunity. Like 5G. Where machines could talk to each other and expertise could go anywhere. When it comes to digital transformation, Verizon keeps business ready. Verizon is one of the biggest telecommunications companies on the planet. They have 130,000 employees and over $120 billion in annual revenue. They are also involved in one of the most fascinating and societal changing business races of modern times, the race to 5G. Recently, they emerged as the top bidder at the FCC's C-band auction, spending north of $50 billion. Verizon's CEO declared that the addition of C-band is nothing short of rocket fuel for Verizon's strategy. The race for 5G is not only well and truly on, but it has become even more interesting. So welcome to The Great Indoors, a podcast designed to talk about technological advancements and societal change in these turbulent times. I'm your host, Matt Roberts, and joining me today is not only my producer and co-pilot, Larissa Yee, but Liliana Schwarzbrunner, the Amdocs Divisional President for North American Operators. So on this final, and I feel a little emotional, episode of Season 2 of The Great Indoors, our guest is the CEO of Verizon Business, the quite remarkable Tammy Irwin. Now, Tammy has dedicated her entire career to Verizon, and prior to her current role, Tammy played a crucial role in the evolution and growth of Verizon's wireless and wireline business segment. She was the head of operations for Verizon Wireless and led Verizon Fios, the nation's largest residential and commercial fiber network. She has also served as chief marketing officer. Not only this, Tammy is passionate about society and leads by example in advocating for equality, inclusion, and accessibility for all. She is passionate about technology's role in improving the ways that we live, learn, work, and play, and is a leader on the importance of responsible business. So I'd like to welcome to this great indoors finale today, Tammy Irwin. So I'd like to welcome to our season finale of The Great Indoors today, uh, and what a finale we have in store from uh, Verizon, uh, more specifically the CEO of Verizon Business, Tammy Irwin. Tammy, welcome to The Great Indoors. Thank you. What a privilege it is to be here. Appreciate it. No, thank you very much for joining. And also today, I have a co-host. So our co-host, I'd like to welcome to The Great Indoors for the first time. Liliana Schwartzbrunner. Hi, I'm so happy to be here and excited to be co-hosting here this uh, wonderful session with Tammy. Okay, so as I always do in every episode, I ask our guests where they are and how they're enjoying the great indoors today. So where are you today, Tammy, in the world? So I'm in Basking Ridge, New Jersey, um, and the great indoors, I try to bring as much of the outdoors indoors. Uh, it is a beautiful spring day here in uh, Basking Ridge. Wonderful. And Liliana, where are you? I am in sunny Philadelphia just today. <laughs> Wonderful. And the other question I like to ask my guests, and you may have thought about this already, but I always ask my guests what they have done during the lockdown uh, to make their life more comfortable inside the house. And and Tammy, you said there you bring the outdoors indoors, but what specifically have you done to make your work more comfortable uh, whilst working at home? Yeah, so one of the things that I've done that has been super helpful, you can uh, see behind me, I have one of these big bouncy balls. And for me, it's been awesome to be able to get out of my chair, stretch, take a deep breath, be able to move because I've found that I'm just sitting and I'm going back to back to back meetings yeah. as opposed to lifting my head and allowing my body the 
you know, the gift of a deep breath and the roll on a bouncy ball. It reminds me sometimes to be a kid at heart, even if uh, it doesn't feel like we're playing kids right now. It does for me create a moment of pause and just reflection on uh, how, how lucky we are and uh, that our body needs movement. Awesome. And, you know, I have one in the next room. Right, from when my wife was pregnant with our first child way over 10 years ago. I might give that a go tomorrow. I might see if that helps me. I think you should. Yeah. I think you should. You can stretch, but you can also balance, kind of kick your feet a little bit and have a little fun. Pretend you're playing. I think that sounds great. I think that sounds great. And Liliana, what have you done at home to innovate during this 12-month period? So we were like locked in home with the kids and we're like, what else we can do inside our like this house? And then we decided to add addition to our family, which her name is uh, Joy. And she is a new dog that we have. And that's the way I exercise. I chase after her and she shares so much love and care for, for me and the kids. It's a beautiful addition to our, to our house. Wow. I think, so this this is a first for the great indoors, a new addition to the family as an innovation. So I think that's wonderful. <laughs> and Tammy, you've had a, an extremely impressive career uh, at Verizon. You've come through the ranks in various different roles. You've served as CMO. You're now the CEO of, of Verizon by, uh, Business. Tell us about this amazing journey you've been on um, over the past 20 years or so. Yeah, Matt, I hate to admit it, it's closer to 30, so I'm not sure where the time goes, but I started (laughs) my career at what was U.S. West, one of the Bell operating companies, as a customer service rep, and I thought, "Mm, I'll do this for a couple of years, and when I grow up, I'll decide what I want to do, and I'm not sure I've fully grown up by evidence that I still like to play with balls, but uh, the fact is I've had an incredible career where my starting as a customer service rep will always leave a distinct impression on who I am as a leader. And that is that the most important jobs we ask employees to play is the role of the interaction with the customer and engagement with the customer. And whether it's sales reps or service reps, our job as leaders to make sure that our teams are equipped with the tools that are required to be successful, to really deliver on the brand. You know, Matt, you talk about being the role of the CMO, and it was a great two years for me. And it might have been the easiest job I ever did because I just had to talk about the brand versus actually bring the brand to life as you do in an operating role. And I have such respect and appreciation and gratitude for the role that we ask our frontline employees to play. And having served in that role early in my career, then grown up and had a chance to do many different kinds of roles in this organization. And today to lead a team of employees around the world, uh, nearly 30,000 employees in 60 different countries. We serve customers in 180 different countries around the world and run a nearly $32 billion P&L. My respect and appreciation for our front line will never, never cease. And I view it as my job to serve every single day in the world that I'm in. Wow. And and I think you answered it there, but maybe we can elaborate on it more. What What's the part of that journey that you've been the most proud of? over the 30 years? I'm super competitive. I didn't know that about myself early in my career, but I've learned that. And you know, one of the things I'm most proud of is the ability to bring together employees against a common purpose and a common mission and give everybody their role and then go fight and win and be in a position where you can deliver best in class results because you create an environment where everybody feels like they're part of the team. And uh, over the years, I've had a chance to build a number of different teams. And I believe that teams are so much stronger when you acknowledge and recognize that we each bring a personal and a professional element to the work environment. I have a belief that nobody really cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Because I believe as a leader, um, my job is to create the environment that allows my team to truly come to life and deliver best in class performance results. And so nothing better for me in my career than to find the ability to unleash the power of the team against a mission and then go win. Yeah. And I think the fact that you've been there, you know, you've spent a large part of your career there and you've come through uh, various roles says a lot about your abilities and a lot about the company, Verizon. What is it about Verizon and its culture that fosters talent? And also, what, what makes it special from your perspective? 
couple of things. And uh, first of all, we have had for many, many years, as long as we've been Verizon, so we just had our 20-year anniversary last year, uh, we've had a defined credo that acknowledges the things that are important in how we serve customers. And those core values are integrity, respect, performance excellence, accountability, and just here in the last year and a half, we added one more, and that is social responsibility. And I think that credo that guides our actions that says, as we work, we serve four very clear stakeholders, employees, customers, shareholders, and society at large. And I think that's one of the things that really kind of makes Verizon a standout is we've always had a very strong commitment to core values, but we've continued to evolve and recognize that it isn't just enough to serve customers, employees, and shareholders, but that we have a corporate and a global responsibility to take a position on some of the social issues that are becoming increasingly important and paramount to all of us. Uh, and that is, how do we care for the environment? How do we care for the conversation of diversity and inclusion? You know, the days of simple representation are gone. It's about how do you create equality and a sense of belonging? And so what I think makes Verizon really special is the sense that leadership is a profession that requires practice. And it is about anchoring to core values, but it's recognizing the impact of the role we play in the world at large. Uh, and we're a fascinating time right now in our business where we're building the 21st century infrastructure with broadband, with mobility, and with cloud. And the ability to do that on behalf of four stakeholders and recognizing the responsibility that we have as a large corporation, I think makes us a really special place to be. I think we also have a respect for curiosity and continuous learning and recognizing that as leadership as a profession, it does require practice. It requires that we be thoughtful and that we recognize that we have to be better tomorrow than we were today. You know, last line of our credo is our best was good for today. Tomorrow we will do more or better. And I think that drive for continuous improvement is an important part of who we are and what makes Verizon a really special place. I think we're sharing something in common, I guess. So I've been with Amdocs for 20 years, and they actually found me over 20 years. They found me in college. So you started from here. I started from developer. I was a developer. That's how I started my career. And, and today I'm a division president, right, in the company. So I think uh, I think we share something valuable, the way we appreciate the company we work for and the ability to grow within you know, our organization. So I think there is maybe a misconception out there that in order for you to climb, you know, the, the go higher in, in, in the ranks, you need to change jobs. And, and I, I, if I may say, both of us stayed and stick to what we believe in our, in, in our uh, companies. And we grew within the company and grew, the company allowed us to grow. I think it's a, it's a great example of, of staying, sticking to what you believe, sticking to the company you believe in. And, and growing within the company. It's really seen, I think, you know? Yeah, and Liliana, I, I think it also speaks to the culture of the company in that the companies have continued to change as well. I think that's part of what makes our companies attractive is that we, we are no longer your parents' telephone company. Right. And so as you think about evolving, uh, we can grow as leaders in a business that continues to grow and represents and recognizes the tremendous opportunity to continue to change as customer requirements change. And I think that's one of the things we share in common. I totally agree with you. Could not agree more. Thank you for, for showing your perspective on that. I shared mine. Yeah, no, of course, I have to tell you, I'm just a little jealous about the puppy. Um, I have a daughter <laughs> who is an educator and uh, 30, uh, also acquired a new puppy during the pandemic. So I'm a little jealous of the puppy, but uh, I think we share a lot in common in terms of our career trajectory for sure. And, and the principles, whatever you do, you know, as a social responsibility is amazing. And uh, I think I personally, and I show you uh, within you know, the women leadership in Amdocs, I always use you as an example for, for as an amazing leader, but not only a leader, but, but, but a woman leader and how you care about the society uh, and the community. And uh, thank you for that, because you're, you're a great inspiration for me.
Tammy, as a leader and a, and a role model, what advice do you have you know, when, when you talk about gender diversity and equality? What advice do you have to young girls for, for their professional development coming through? What, what, would you, what advice would you give to a 16-year-old now who is interested in pursuing a career in STEM? Yeah, so much advice I could give to a 16-year-old. The question is, would they really listen? Um, you know, I, I think the 16-year-old young woman who is looking at the world and saying, uh, what should I do with my life? I think the opportunities are endless. I, I actually believe there's never been a better time to be a woman and have a career than right now. And yet the challenges are immense. Uh, we know that women carry a, an oversized burden of uh, the caregiving at home, whether that's cooking and cleaning or educating kids or taking care of aging parents. The reality is, as women, in kind of our maternal instinct, we tend to carry that role. And quite frankly, it's not one that I, you know, we're not always great at asking for help and sharing. And so one of the things that I would ask and tell a 16-year-old is, first of all, believe you can do anything you want to do. But don't believe you have to give up the things that you love doing just because you want to pursue a career. I, I think women coming into the work environment can pursue big careers. They can choose to also be a mom. They can choose to be a daughter and a sister and a friend and a spouse and all the other things. But the one piece of advice I think every woman needs to hear is you've got to start first with what are you doing for yourself? Because women tend to give and give and give and give. And when you add a big career on, particularly a STEM career, um, it's like I give and give and give. And where and how do I recharge my own batteries? We have a saying uh, within the Verizon group of women, put your own oxygen mask on first. And when I think about women that are going to pursue big STEM careers that are going to be in, involved in science and tech and engineering, and I like to even think about STEAM, the arts as well, and math, you bring all that together. The, the reality is the world needs women to be involved in STEM kinds of roles, but they need uh, women that have the capacity to deliver on their career, but also know that they can be successful at being a mom and feel like they can be a daughter and a friend and they can, they can take the time to th do the things that they want to do. And so my advice to a 16 year old is believe you can do anything, but first and foremost, don't ever forget that you need to give to yourself so you've got the physical and mental capability and capacity to give back to all the other things that life will afford you the opportunity to do. No, and I think, uh, you know, the reason I asked that question as well is we, we did a campaign on International Women's Day where we asked, our, uh, uh, um, you know, what people or, or, or what the female leaders in the organization would say to their 16-year-old self. Um, so I think it's, it's, it's really interesting to get your perspective. So we're going to switch gears now. Thank you, Tom. We're going to talk about Verizon and technology, and, and you mentioned this before. And, and this is my own personal observation. I think in 100 years from now, there'll be business students at Harvard, Yale, Oxford, wherever, looking back at this period in time as being a real cataclysmic change in society, in industry, in, in the world, I think it's right up there with the creation of the steam agent almost. The race to 5G is on. We're seeing it play out um, in the United States. It's fascinating. What do you find exciting about this race right now? And how can Verizon win? So many things that I find exciting about the race that we're on. First of all, um, I like that we're winning and because we're doing it on behalf of customers. And the reality is Verizon set out on a mission uh, years ago to be in a position to lead the world to 5G. And we have done that in 5G mobility. We've done that in 5G fixed wireless access, so broadband replacement. We've done that in 5G mobile edge compute as we think about the power of edge compute and the capability to do that both in a private ecosystem as well as in a public environment. And I think you're exactly right. We will look back on this as a moment of time. We, we believe we're ushering in the fourth industrial revolution where 
where uh, the ability for the technical platforms that we're building to enable a completely different kind of, you know, the way we think about the way we live, work, and play, I think, is happening around us. And for me, the exciting part about it is that Verizon gets to be in a position where we're working to create the standards, where we're working with partners to unlock the potential and the solutions and the capabilities. And, and we're limited really only by our imagination because the kinds of things that we're talking about in terms of, you know, how it changes healthcare or education or sports or, you know, there's all manner of different things that the technology platform will enable, uh, create in so many ways a great equalizer for people to have access to really rethink everything. And the catalyst I think none of us had imagined, uh, nor would we have welcomed, was what happened with COVID. Because COVID forced people into transforming everything. Who would have guessed we'd all be working from home and we do it for 15 months and we would have gone to a work from home model in a week to 10 days. If you'd asked me whether that was possible, I would have said absolutely impossible. No way we could do it. And yet what's happened is as at the same time as we've been forced into redefining how work is done, redefining how we all live, work, and play, we've continued at Verizon to be the leader in the globally on how we introduce 5G and build new 5G models. And we've done that while we've continued to sustain our business. We've continued to introduce new technology, new platforms, new capabilities exactly on schedule. And of course, recently we acquired a very large swath of nationwide C-band spectrum, which gives us the ability to just accelerate and amplify the strategy that we we're already playing out because uh, we've seen over the last year that the demand has grown faster and faster as people really leapfrog and accelerate the kinds of transformational activities that they're experiencing. I'll, I'll give you one that I just think is such a profound one right now. I, I don't think you and I will sit in a doctor's office sick again. The pandemic opened up telemedicine in a way that I think would have taken years and years and years to happen because the ecosystem opened up which said the insurer was willing to pay the doctor. The doctor was all of a sudden fascinated with the technology. The patient was afraid to go into the facility to the healthcare environment. So the, the ecosystem worked together to unlock the power of that. And I, I love Verizon's position in that we're leading the world and we're doing it through partners on behalf of the customers yeah. that we serve. And I think I think that's a great use case that you that you talked about there, that the the race to telemedicine accentuated by the pandemic where doctors' surgeries become data centers now, right? You don't visit them anymore. They, they become yeah. a data center. And I think the partnership ecosystem that's fostered out of that is incredible. Now, you mentioned one there, but what other use cases excite you and you find the most impactful? And, and I ask this to a lot of guests every week because you, you'll know very well, Tammy, in the good old days where we'd go to industry events and we'd speak and we'd meet people, someone would always be prophesizing about what the next big use case would be from 5G. But that's come on now in fixed and bands. 5G is a reality. You mentioned telemedicine there. But what other use cases excite you and that you think are immediate or on the horizon as, as we look forward? Yeah, I think we have seen over the last 12 months the acceleration of many of the use cases, and telehealth is one of my favorite, but there are many others. Education is one that is happening very, very quickly. How we think about remote learning, uh, I think about parents who try to educate their kids at home and it has been simply the teacher in front of a camera as opposed to really an immersive and different experience. I think education is changing rapidly. Uh, I, I like to think about having my own child be in the middle of an immersive experience where instead of reading about what happened in the Colosseums in Rome, you're actually put on goggles and you can be immersive and be part of the experience and you can look around you and you can really sense what it might be like to be part of the Colosseum in Rome or be part of, you know, walking through Central Park or, you know, through Boston and through the history of the of the U.S. I mean, so many different things that can become really immersive. We've recently signed an agreement with Dreamscape that is accelerating that work 
to really make augmented wow. reality you know, come to life for people. And it's going to happen very, very quickly, not only in elementary education, but in advanced learning as well as in corporate learning. You think about uh, workers that are working remotely and need the experience or the benefit of either training or assistance from somebody else. The capability of AR, VR, I think is going to be tremendous. Um, I think about the retail experience, and that too is changing very, very quickly. Today, you walk into... Uh, one of Amazon's stores that are, are unattended, essentially, and you want to buy a, a basket full of goods, you walk out and it's 15 minutes before you get a receipt. The reality with 5G capability is you're going to have real-time sensors and latency, low latency that allows you to put something in your cart and immediately know what your balance is. And before you walk out the door, you'll have a receipt, so it'll be real-time. The other one that is women we love to visualize is not having to go into a dressing room and try something on, but be able to have you know your, your own um, kind of visual against something that you see in the window and decide which size is the right one and have it shipped home so you're not carrying the bags through the shopping malls. So uh, lots of changes, whether it's education, whether it's retail. I think the other one that is really um, ripe for change is how do you think about the venue, the sports experience, yeah. the music experience, instead of sitting in a, a stadium where there's 50,000 people all seeing the same thing and the reality is everybody's looking at their screen anyway, it's now being able to customize the venue visuals that you're seeing on your screen. So I get a camera view that's different than your camera view because I choose the camera view that shows my team or my player or what I'm most interested in. You fast forward that and all of a sudden, you know, betting becomes real because you're in the stadium, you can do real-time betting applications. So the, the venue experience is going to change dramatically when you think about you know how technology will change that and so there's so many different experiences that are changing you think about healthcare you think about education you think about retail you think about gaming uh, we talk about venues but there's also just gaming uh, that people do all day at home but haven't been able to take you know remote be able to do that effectively too as you think about gaming applications and solutions wow and I, and I think we talked about it there I think there's some really exciting stuff. I love the AR, the VR stuff. I see some of the AR stuff they've done in Korea in the sports stadiums, you know, where they have dragons mm -hmm. flying mm -hmm. in and all sorts of things like this, which always, I think it's probably a little scary. But anyway, but that's really, and how big and transformative do you think 5G will be for the enterprise customer? What do you think it will enable businesses to do from a productivity perspective? Yeah, I, I think businesses are, every business I'm talking to right now, regardless of the vertical, is imagining how 5G will change the way they operate their business and the way they serve their customers. And whether it's a warehouse environment or a manufacturing environment today, we have examples. Corning is a great example using the private mech solution today where they're transforming with real-time enterprise information. They're, they're manufacturing. They're using robotic capability. Uh, they're using real-time enterprise information to make decisions on their manufacturing that reduces the defects, improves the production cycle, improves the effectiveness of the overall manufacturing manufacturing cycle. They're one example of it. Honeywell is another great example of where they imagine bringing their workforce back to a campus-based environment that is completely 5G enabled. So you have the power of 5G as a worker, both on the campus as well as off the campus. Uh, we see hospitals today that are beginning to create 5G networks that allow them to have edge compute capability so that they can think about the operating room and the requirements in an operating room. And one of my favorite examples back to healthcare is Abisha is a company that's using private, excuse me, public mech capability to be able to do diagnostics differently. When doctors are performing a colonoscopy, they can see a polyp that they wouldn't be able to otherwise see with the naked eye because of the low latency capability. So we're seeing hospitals, we're seeing retailers, we're seeing manufacturers, we're seeing you know, warehouses really change uh, as they're building out what do they believe their roadmap is today and what do they believe the roadmap is as they think forward. And they're doing it through the power of 5G mobility, but they're also doing it through the power of 5G mobile edge compute and the ability to take all of the data, the rich data that you have uh, from all the sensors that are available, really connect that then into the cloud and do real-time uh, compute capabilities that are transformative to industries. And that's really where you begin to build the B2B 
and then the B2B2C environment where you begin to think about the extension of the business who's building the application that now goes from a B2B application uh, like hospitals into a B2B2C. So think about the hospital who has that 5G capability on the campus. They have a patient who comes in, they go through the operation, they are in the hospital for a day. Now you send them home and you have the capability to be able to continue to monitor their vitals through the biometric capability that is now ascending out from the hospital into the home back into the hospital portal to be able to give the physician complete control. So we are really seeing very quickly enterprises go from B2B to B2B2C. The other one that I, I can't just miss out on is small businesses because they were so significantly impacted by uh, the COVID environment and trying to reignite their growth. They view technology as so critical to how they reignite the businesses. And you know, so many of businesses with COVID uh, greater than 60% of businesses, when they shut their physical front door, their business shut because they didn't have a digital front door. And we've been able to work with businesses, small businesses in particular, to rebuild their infrastructures. They think about building on 5G so that they have the power of the technology platform to serve customers in a digital ecosystem. And then in a hybrid ecosystem, as you think about digital and physical as they reignite and come back into a more normalized environment post-COVID or as we learn to live with COVID. We're definitely on the cusp of the fourth industrial revolution, like you mentioned, Tammy. And we look at the effects that this has on society, and this has been the whole genre of this podcast, really, the societal impact of, of the technological advancement we're, we're having. So I think it's it's incredible. It, it, it's, it's absolutely massive. And then you talked about the digital there. So maybe we'll switch gears and just talk about some of these societal issues and, and, and how technology can bridge them. Could you share with us, please, uh, what do you see in the consumer or enterprise behavior that changed in the last 12 months? Do you see that how Verizon could help them, you know, uh, adjust to the new reality? Yeah, I think one of the biggest changes we've seen is people went from working in a work environment to working in a distributed work environment where we've all taken our work home and you know businesses that used to have you know, 10,000 people on a campus, now those campuses are quiet. I think about my own campus. Uh, and so Verizon has really worked very, very hard to distribute the work to the locations where people are working. And uh, first and foremost, we are a network-based company and our network has performed flawlessly flawlessly as we've redistributed that out. I think one of the things that we've seen is a tremendous spotlight on the importance of healthcare, uh, the importance of how do you think about a diverse workforce and supporting your employees in a time like this? And then how do you really solve for uh, the digital divide, which has become so evident as we think about you know, those kids who have access to good broadband and those who have access to no broadband, those who kids who have good access to education institutions that have figured out how to do this and those that don't. Uh, and it's actually one of the areas that I'm most proud of as we've kind of watched society pivot to how do we help families really maintain uh, some sense of normalcy in, a, in an education environment like we've seen is Verizon has over the last five years developed a very strong program called the Verizon Innovative Learning Program uh, that has been a program designed to provide network and technical platform and hardware into schools that enable kids as well as teachers as well as administrators and parents to really redefine education. It isn't just about putting the technology out there. It's about teaching teachers how to use the technology. It's helping them understand how to use technology to bring learning to life rather than simply as a replacement for standing in front of the classroom. And so the Verizon Innovative Learning Program, we have rolled out uh, now to schools in 5G environments where now they have the power of the 5G network, which is pretty exciting. Uh, but we've also made a really strong commitment to helping to solve the digital divide. And recognizing that uh, there's 10 million youths that we believe we can provide digital skills training to by 2030 to really say it's, it's not just about 
access, but it's about affordability and it's about adoption. And as we think about, uh, you know, the, the role of creating the ecosystem where people can have a common access to the information, it's about access, affordability, and usability of the information. So that's one example where I think it's been so profound. I think we've got so far to go. Uh, and I'm proud of our commitment to, you know, really help 10 million youth to solve that problem by 2030. But the commitment we've taken to Verizon Innovative Learning to really help solve that. And it's one of the pillars of uh, Citizen Verizon as we talk about our commitment to education. I think the other one, Liliana, that we've seen that's so real is climate. You know, you watch around the world and here in the U.S., we watch the wildfires in California or the hurricanes that come through in the south uh, or the extreme weather that we've seen in many parts of the country. How do we really make sure that as we think about climate, that we take a very strong position to become fully carbon neutral uh, in our operations by 2035? And we've done a number of things, uh, one of, of which is we've had two $1 billion green bonds uh, that really afford us to show up very, very differently on behalf of how we think about carbon neutral, our actions because of the large carbon footprint that we create by nature of our business to take a very strong position that we need to counter that and be carbon neutral uh, by 2035. I think the other one that uh, has been really important for our team over the last year is uh, finding a way to volunteer. And we have created programs, both virtual as well as in person, uh, where our teams have had a chance to volunteer for things that they're passionate about that really align with Citizen Verizon, whether it's education, uh, whether it's supporting climate. This month, we're doing a bunch of tree planting. Um, and uh, so it's something the team can get really excited about, about taking what we're doing as a corporation and engaging people personally against both education as well as climate. And then, you know, there's the whole, how do you, and Matt, we had this conversation about preparing for jobs of the future. How do we make sure we use our platform for technology and our access to information to really help uh, people as they redefine jobs for the future to make sure that we're actively engaged by that? And you know, we've committed to preparing 5,000 individuals for jobs of the future by 2030 because we think that the jobs that our kids are likely to have five years, 10 years from now, we probably haven't yet imagined what those are, but we can prepare them with digital literacy and really be prepared for how do we become students for life? And so I think those are just examples of, you know, how do you think about closing the digital divide? How do you think about carbon? And then how do you think about having network access anywhere and everywhere? Because it has changed how we all think about the way we live, work, and play. We're just going to play a clip that encapsulates the, uh, Citizen Verizon initiative. Let's take a listen to this. What's a citizen? It's believing in something and doing something about it, being responsible and following through on promises. We're a company of 135,000 citizens. And we have a plan to work toward a greater good a better future to share. One that will move us all forward. Citizen Verizon, our plan for economic, environmental, and social advancement. You know, Verizon's a, a, an enormous organization that serves an enormous amount of communities in the United States. And I think the, the, the Citizen Verizon initiative and the fact climate change, the digital divide, volunteering it's and, and it, these are all things that matter to young people right these are these are all young people's initiatives and i think that's such an important message uh, i i'm i i'm really really i'm impressed um with that so how do you think 5g will play a part in solving some of those societal issues and and, and helping with climate change or the digital divide do you think 5g as a technology can also play a part yeah, I, I think 5G will help us accelerate our efforts and the commitments that we've made. It'll enable us to go faster and do things that we couldn't have imagined being able to do with technology. I think you know, our recent acquisition of C-band spectrum will allow us to cover 100 million people and give 100 million Americans access to 5G in the next 12 months. It just allows us to go faster 
to accelerate and amplify the commitments that we've made. And as people begin to see the true nature of 5G, the low latency, the high speed, the throughput capability, Matt, you were talking about earlier, having kids at home educating. Everybody knows when it's three o'clock in the household because the congestion of your broadband. <laughs> and the reality is in a 5G ecosystem, you don't have that problem when you have the kind of spectrum that we have, spectrum holdings in millimeter wave to enable large, dense urban environments like venues that we talked about, or with C-band, one of the things in our C-band spectrum strategy was to get a deep swath of, of C-band spectrum in rural communities so you could really build out the kind of capacity that rural communities need, just like urban communities need access to broadband. Because we know that high-speed broadband with performance and reliability changes the economic environment for communities. If you have it, you're a draw for communities. I mean, how many people have moved out from cities into rural communities? communities uh, and found themselves without broadband. You, can't, you really can't function without it if you're in a work environment or you're trying to educate your kids or you have any kind of social engagement, let alone if you want to do gaming or you know healthcare capabilities. So we believe that uh, our 5G strategy allows us to go faster, to accelerate and to amplify and to, to provide reach uh, to people that don't have that reach today because of the spectrum capability that we've acquired through C-Band. That's that's amazing. Now we're coming to the end uh, uh, of the discussion now, and I've I've enjoyed uh, the discussion immensely. But what are you most proud of personally and professionally during the pandemic? I mean, because I follow you on social media, I know Liliana does, and and Larissa, uh, and there's some you know the 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 stuff you just mentioned is 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 really incredible and and is changing and progressing society. But what are you most proud of? of what yourself and Verizon have managed to achieve over the last 12 months? Listen, uh, se separating the personal and professional uh, is hard to do because my life is so tightly integrated. So let me give you kind of a broad answer that I think has been so applicable to me uh, as a mom, as a daughter, as a sister, as a wife, but then as a V-teamer, as I think about what we've done at Verizon. You know, the pandemic hit in first quarter. We started to get whispers of it through uh, Asia and then through our European market. So I had firsthand exposure to how quickly it was coming. And I'm super proud of the fact that we reacted and responded very, very quickly. And we had one clear priority, and that was the safety and well-being of our employees, because we knew that nothing else mattered if we couldn't protect our employees and their families. And I'm proud of how quickly we moved. I'm proud of how we redefined uh, what safe was for our employees and, and put that as our number one priority. But we recognized very quickly that we had a responsibility to our customers because how they were going to use the network and the products that they bought from us was changing dramatically in the reliance that customers placed, whether it's consumer or businesses, on the network performance and reliability was greater than ever before. And so our ability to serve customers, to react and respond, and now in a 5G world to reimagine on how they rebound and respond post-crisis is really important. We also made some very intentional choices that said we needed to care for the crisis we needed to continue to operate our business and deliver for our shareholders, but we needed to continue to innovate on behalf of what was happening from a 5G standpoint. And we didn't back off of that. We leaned in even harder to say, let's make sure that we can deliver on our commitment to lead the world to 5G from a mobility, from a broadband uh, standpoint, and from a mobile edge compute with partners like AWS, like Azure. And so, you know, we reacted and we responded, we managed our operation, and then we continued to innovate. And then I think about 2020 and how hard the year has been and continues to be for people, the incredible loss that people have experienced, whether it's the loss of life or the loss of milestone moments. Um, and I think Verizon has taken a very strong um, position that mental health and fatigue and uh, crisis management and creating an environment to care for the caregivers has been at the top of our list because we've recognized that this is not just uh, a short crisis, this is a long-term crisis and how we show up on behalf of the policies, uh, how we show up on behalf of our leadership responsibility. One of the things that we did throughout the pandemic and continue to do is a program we call Up to Speed, which is daily, join us at noon, and we talk about what's happening in our business. So it wasn't just once a week or once a month, but daily updates that were broadcast 
podcast, not just of Rise and Blues, but broadly about topics like depression, topics like caregiving for your kids, educating your kids at home, you know, all of the things, how to, how to prevent and watch for suicide. I mean, topics that most corporations don't touch and don't want to talk about, those are the reality of the things that we're all dealing with coming through, through this environment. And then, of course, none of us will forget the moment when George Floyd was tragically murdered. And it put a spotlight on race in a way that has always been important, but it created an urgency to take that moment in time and create a movement for change to say, how do we create equality uh, for the black community? As we've come around into 21, we've seen way too many examples of Asian hate crimes. We have zero tolerance for that at Verizon. And we believe that we can take a very strong position about what are the actions that will yield a different kind of environment where every employee feels valued at Verizon. For me as a woman, I have always had a very strong position in how do we have equality from a gender standpoint, but it's more than just equality. It's about having people feel like they belong at Verizon. And so whether you're a black employee, whether you're a female, whether you're an Asian employee, whether you're a veteran, you know, Verizon employs 10,000 veterans. I happen to be the ERG sponsor for veterans and I couldn't be more proud of the position that we take that Verizon is a place where employees can come and build a career, but Verizon is also a place where we have responsibility to serve our customers, to deliver for our shareholders, and then to recognize our impact globally on the world, not just because of the size of our corporation, but because of the technology that we enable and using technology to solve some of the world's biggest problems. So I have a lot that I'm proud of. I realize that we have a lot of work still ahead of us as we think about leaning in and taking a strong position and really demonstrating that we can make a difference on behalf of the Cheryl, all four of the stakeholders that we serve. No, and I think it's so admirable. I think Verizon and service providers around the world have stepped up and they've been you know, a, a force that, that's kept society together in the last 12 months, uh, unquestionably. They've kept us functioning. Um, so that's wonderful. Thank you very much, Tammy. So nothing to do with work, just a, a question. After working so hard and doing so much yourself and Verizon uh, for the community, for your employees, by the way, I believe Amdocs, again, uh, you know, did very, very similar steps. The first step is taking care of their employees. It's number one, right? And then taking care of the customers and the stakeholders and the shareholders and everyone else, right? Uh, but first of all, right, taking care of the employees. So what would you do after working so hard? And then there is so much more to do. Uh, where would you take yourself and your family to a vacation? Oh, so one of our all-time favorite places is uh, Maui. Hawaii um, and no. Waialea, there, there's, you know, you feel the warm winds, you have the ocean breezes, you know, you, you touch on something that's super important to me and that is family. I have a husband who was my childhood sweetheart. I feel incredibly blessed to have him in my life. He is my rock and my anchor. And I have two adult children who I'm really proud to watch their journeys and their evolution in life and the way that uh, they are building a better world. And so the ability to go vacation with them in a tropical location like Hawaii would be spot on, particularly as we come out of winter. Sounds perfect. Sounds perfect. That probably would be my favorite place too. I haven't been to Hawaii, so... Oh, put it on your list. It is a very special place. And uh, I get vaccinated tomorrow, right? So then uh, once that... Yeah, so once that's done, I'll start looking at flights, uh, maybe. (laughs) It it does feel like we're all starting to have a sense of hope, and uh, as people get vaccinated, as there are more and more kind of uh, lower cases, although it's certainly variable around the world. You look at places like India right now and it's such, such trauma, and, uh, but the ability to have hope that we're kind of reaching a place where we can perhaps have a little more normalcy and a little more human interaction. I have a, a mother who's aging in, in, the, in the Northwest. I'm dying to get back and go spend time with her and be able to hug her and love her and hold her, hold her tight, things that matter in life. Well, I'm pretty sure that's going to happen soon as we uh, as we see the light at the end of the tunnel and the hope. I really want to thank you 
uh, Tammy, for taking the time with us today. It's, I've enjoyed every second of our conversation. I think this is going to come out a fitting finale to the season. I want to thank you, Liliana, uh, for joining. It's been great to have you on board. And thank you, Larissa. And, and uh, any last questions or comments anyone would like to make before we close today? Just to thank you for covering such a broad range of topics, you and Liliana and the team. I think as we talk with one another, as we learn from one another, as we double down on our commitment to make the world a better place, it's broadcasts like this that allow all of us to realize that we're more alike than different uh, and uh, we can galvanize around making the world a better place. What a great conclusion to season two of The Great Indoors. I don't need to reiterate or repeat as it's plainly obvious. Tammy is without doubt one of the most incredible leaders we've had on the show. She's making an enormous difference, not just to Verizon, but the society that Verizon serves. With more corporate leaders like Tammy, the world will certainly be a better place. Now, please subscribe to our podcast and leave a review if you feel like it, as we will return shortly for season three. So stay tuned as our amazing guests continue to impart amazing insights. Follow us on social media and visit our website, amdocs.com forward slash the great indoors, where we not only have a plethora, a catalog of assets to accompany the series, but a new video montage featuring all our season two participants. It's quite fantastic. Now with that, I'd like to play an audio segment from our guests that sums up this amazing season. We were in the foothills of something that was so big that we couldn't see the top of it. We were in the foothills, there was a thick cloud above our heads. We just knew we kept have to keep going up, but we had not a clue of the, the, the height of that, of that mountain. 5G is an opportunity for us all to think differently. It is not just a faster way of connecting our mobile devices. It is really much bigger than that. These are all really technologically really amazing things. I have a belief that nobody really cares how much you know until they know how much you care. We'll have a better day tomorrow because we'll be able to make the world a slightly better place, better education, better health, uh, better living conditions. You know, for everybody, not just for some, for everybody, that we are a better planet. I think if we get a, get a good grip on these issues, um, we can hand this world over to the next generation better than we found it. I was able to reverse my, all these diseases or lifestyle diseases. And that motivated me that I should, you know, encourage more and more people to get into a fit life. It was a, it's a wonderful testament to you know, the flexibility, the creativity, the ingenuity of, of the human mind and the human to adapt. Let's go for those dreams that we've always wanted to do and let's be free. Gil, Larissa, Matt, it's a pleasure. Amdocs, thanks for having me. This was a, a really fun conversation and uh, you got a great thing going on here. Wow. So all that's left now for me to say is thank you to the following people involved in the production of this season. From LPAD and Quill in Toronto, FMI and Penknife in the United Kingdom, our Chief Marketing Officer Gil Rosen and America's Marketing Head John Supergan for supporting us. And of course, my colleague and co-conspirator of the great indoors, Larissa Yee. So I'm Matt Roberts for Amdocs in Toronto, and have a great day wherever you are.